chapter thirteen of my bondage and my freedom by frederick douglas this librivox recording is in the public domain the vicissitudes of slave life death of old master's son richard speedily followed by that of old master valuation and division of all the property including the slaves my presence required at hillsborough to be appraised and allotted to a new owner my sad prospects and grief parting the utter powerlessness of the slaves to decide their own destiny a general dread of master andrew his wickedness and cruelty miss lucretia my new owner my return to baltimore joy under the roof of master hugh death of mrs lucretia my poor old grandmother her sad fate the lone cot in the woods master thomas ald's second marriage again removed from master hughes reasons for regretting the change a plan of escape entertained i must now ask the reader to go with me a little back in point of time in my humble story and to notice another circumstance that entered into my slavery experience and which doubtless has had a share in deepening my horror of slavery and increasing my hostility toward those men and measures that practically uphold the slave system it has already been observed that though i was after my removal from colonel lloyd's plantation in form the slave of master hugh i was in fact and in law the slave of my old master captain anthony very well in a very short time after i went to baltimore my old master's youngest son richard died and in three years and six months after his death my old master himself died leaving only his son andrew and his daughter lucretia to share his estate the old man died while on a visit to his daughter in hillsborough where captain ald and mrs lucretia now lived the former having given up the command of colonel lloyd's sloop was now keeping a store in that town cut off thus unexpectedly captain anthony died intestate and his property must now be equally divided between his two children andrew and lucretia the valuation and the division of slaves among contending heirs is an important incident in slave life the character and tendencies of the heirs are generally well understood among the slaves who are to be divided and all have their aversions and preferences but neither their aversions nor their preferences avail them anything on the death of old master i was immediately sent for to be valued and divided with the other property personally my concern was mainly about my possible removal from the home of master hugh which after that of my grandmother was the most endeared to me but the whole thing as a feature of slavery shocked me it furnished me a new insight into the unnatural power to which i was subjected my detestation of slavery already great rose with this new conception of its enormity that was a sad day for me a sad day for little tommy and a sad day for my dear baltimore mistress and teacher 
when i left for the eastern shore to be valued and divided we all three wept bitterly that day for we might be parting and we feared we were parting for ever no one could tell among which pile of chattels i should be flung thus early i got a foretaste of that painful uncertainty which slavery brings to the ordinary lot of mortals sickness adversity and death may interfere with the plans and purposes of all but the slave has the added danger of changing homes changing hands and of having separations unknown to other men then too there was the intensified degradation of the spectacle what an assemblage men and women young and old married and single moral and intellectual beings in open contempt of their humanity levelled at a blow with horses sheep horned cattle and swine horses and men cattle and women pigs and children all holding the same rank in the scale of social existence and all subjected to the same narrow inspection to ascertain their value in gold and silver the only standard of worth applied by slaveholders to slaves how vividly at that moment did the brutalizing power of slavery flash before me personality swallowed up in the sordid idea of property manhood lost in chattelhood after the valuation then came the division this was an hour of high excitement and distressing anxiety our destiny was now to be fixed for life and we had no more voice in the decision of the question than the oxen and cows that stood chewing at the haymow one word from the appraisers against all preferences or prayers was enough to sunder all the ties of friendship and affection and even to separate husbands and wives parents and children we were all appalled before that power which to human seeming could bless or blast us in a moment added to the dread of separation most painful to the majority of the slaves we all had a decided horror of the thought of falling into the hands of master andrew he was distinguished for cruelty and intemperance slaves generally dread to fall into the hands of drunken owners master andrew was almost a confirmed sot and had already by his reckless mismanagement and profligate dissipation wasted a large portion of old master's property to fall into his hands was therefore considered merely as the first step toward being sold away to the far south he would spend his fortune in a few years and his farms and slaves would be sold we thought at public outcry and we should be hurried away to the cotton fields and rice swamps of the sunny south this was the cause of deep consternation the people of the north and free people generally i think have less attachment to the places where they are born and brought up than have the slaves their freedom to go and come to be here and there as they list prevents any extravagant attachment to any one particular place in their case on the other hand the slave is a fixture he has no choice no goal no destination but is pegged down to a single spot and must take root here or nowhere the idea of removal elsewhere comes generally in the shape of a threat and in punishment of crime 
it is therefore attended with fear and dread a slave seldom thinks of bettering his condition by being sold and hence he looks upon separation from his native place with none of the enthusiasm which animates the bosoms of young freemen when they contemplate a life in the far west or in some distant country where they intend to rise to wealth and distinction nor can those from whom they separate give them up with that cheerfulness with which friends and relations yield each other up when they feel that it is for the good of the departing one that he is removed from his native place then too there is correspondence and there is at least the hope of reunion because reunion is possible but with the slave all these mitigating circumstances are wanting there is no improvement in his condition probable no correspondence possible no reunion attainable his going out into the world is like a living man going into the tomb who with open eyes sees himself buried out of sight and hearing of wife children and friends of kindred tie in contemplating the likelihoods and possibilities of our circumstances i probably suffered more than most of my fellow-servants i had known what it was to experience kind and even tender treatment they had known nothing of the sort life to them had been rough and thorny as well as dark they had most of them lived on my old master's farm in tuckahoe and had felt the reign of mr plummer's rule the overseer had written his character on the living parchment of most of their backs and left them callous my back thanks to my early removal from the plantation to baltimore was yet tender i had left a kind mistress at baltimore who was almost a mother to me she was in tears when we parted and the probabilities of ever seeing her again trembling in the balance as they did could not be viewed without alarm and agony the thought of leaving that kind mistress for ever and worse still of being the slave of andrew anthony a man who but a few days before the division of the property had in my presence seized my brother perry by the throat dashed him on the ground and with the heel of his boot stamped him on the head until the blood gushed from his nose and ears was terrible this fiendish proceeding had no better apology than the fact that perry had gone to play and master andrew wanted him for some trifling service this cruelty too was of a piece with his general character after inflicting his heavy blows on my brother on observing me looking at him with intense astonishment he said that is the way i will serve you one of these days meaning no doubt when i should come into his possession this threat the reader may well suppose was not very tranquillizing to my feelings i could see that he really thirsted to get hold of me but i was there only for a few days i had not received any orders and had violated none and there was therefore no excuse for flogging me at last the anxiety and suspense were ended and they ended thanks to a kind providence in accordance with my wishes i fell to the portion of mrs lucretia the dear lady who bound up my head when the savage aunt katie was adding to my sufferings her bitterest maledictions captain thomas ald and mrs lucretia at once decided on my return to baltimore they knew how sincerely and warmly mrs hugh ald was attached to me and how delighted mr hugh's son would be to have me back and withal having no immediate use for one so young they willingly let me off to 
baltimore i need not stop here to narrate my joy on returning to baltimore nor that of little tommy nor the tearful joy of his mother nor the evident satisfaction of master hugh i was just one month absent from baltimore before the matter was decided and the time really seemed full six months one trouble over and on comes another the slave's life is full of uncertainty i had returned to baltimore but a short time when the tidings reached me that my kind friend mrs lucretia who was only second in my regard to mrs hugh auld was dead leaving her husband and only one child a daughter named amanda shortly after the death of mrs lucretia strange to say master andrew died leaving his wife and one child thus the whole family of anthony's was swept away only two children remained all this happened within five years of my leaving colonel lloyd's no alteration took place in the condition of the slaves in consequence of these deaths yet i could not help feeling less secure after the death of my friend mrs lucretia than i had done during her life while she lived i felt that i had a strong friend to plead for me in any emergency ten years ago while speaking of the state of things in our family after the events just named i used this language now all the property of my old master slaves included was in the hands of strangers strangers who had nothing to do in accumulating it not a slave was left free all remained slaves from the youngest to the oldest if any one thing in my experience more than another served to deepen my conviction of the infernal character of slavery and to fill me with unutterable loathing of slaveholders it was their base ingratitude to my poor old grandmother she had served my old master faithfully from youth to old age she had been the source of all his wealth she had peopled his plantation with slaves she had become a great-grandmother in his service she had rocked him in infancy attended him in childhood served him through life and at his death wiped from his icy brow the cold death-sweat and closed his eyes for ever she was nevertheless left a slave a slave for life a slave in the hands of strangers and in their hands she saw her children her grandchildren and her great-grandchildren divided like so many sheep without being gratified with the small privilege of a single word as to their or her own destiny and to cap the climax of their base ingratitude and fiendish barbarity my grandmother who was now very old having outlived my old master and all his children having seen the beginning and end of all of them and her present owners finding she was of but little value her frame already racked with the pains of old age and complete helplessness fast stealing over her once active limbs they took her to the woods built her a little hut put up a little mud chimney and then made her welcome to the privilege of supporting herself there in perfect loneliness thus virtually turning her out to die if my poor old grandmother now lives she lives to suffer in utter loneliness she lives to remember and mourn over the loss of children the loss of grandchildren and the loss of great-grandchildren they are in the language of the slave's poet whittier gone gone sold and gone to the rice swamp dank and lone where the slave whip ceaseless swings where the noisome insect stings where the fever demon strews poison with the falling dews where the sickly sunbeams glare through the hot and misty air gone gone sold and gone to the rice swamp dank and lone from virginia hills and waters woe is me 
my stolen daughters the hearth is desolate the children the unconscious children who once sang and danced in her presence are gone she gropes her way in the darkness of age for a drink of water instead of the voices of her children she hears by day the moans of the dove and by night the screams of the hideous owl all is gloom the grave is at the door and now when weighed down by the pains and aches of old age when the head inclines to the feet when the beginning and ending of human existence meet and helpless infancy and painful old age combine together at this time this most needful time the time for the exercise of that tenderness and affection which children only can exercise toward a declining parent my poor old grandmother the devoted mother of twelve children is left all alone in yonder little hut before a few dim embers two years after the death of mrs lucretia master thomas married his second wife her name was rowena hamilton the eldest daughter of mr william hamilton a rich slaveholder on the eastern shore of maryland who lived about five miles from st michael's the then place of my master's residence not long after his marriage master thomas had a misunderstanding with master hugh and as a means of punishing his brother he ordered him to send me home as the ground of misunderstanding will serve to illustrate the character of southern chivalry and humanity i will relate it among the children of my aunt milly was a daughter named henny when quite a child henny had fallen into the fire and had burnt her hands so bad that they were very little use to her her fingers were drawn almost into the palms of her hands she could make out to do something but she was considered hardly worth the having of little more value than a horse with a broken leg this unprofitable piece of human property ill-shapen and disfigured captain ault sent off to baltimore making his brother hugh welcome to her services after giving poor henny a fair trial master hugh and his wife came to the conclusion that they had no use for the crippled servant and they sent her back to master thomas this the latter took as an act of ingratitude on the part of his brother and as a mark of his displeasure he required him to send me immediately to st michael's saying if he cannot keep hen he shall not have fred here was another shock to my nerves another breaking up of my plans and another severance of my religious and social alliances i was now a big boy i had become quite useful to several young coloured men who had made me their teacher i had taught some of them to read and was accustomed to spend many of my leisure hours with them our attachment was strong and i greatly dreaded the separation but regrets especially in a slave are unavailing i was only a slave my wishes were nothing and my happiness was the sport of my masters my regrets at now leaving baltimore were not for the same reasons as when i before left that city to be valued and handed over to my proper owner my home was not now the pleasant place it had formerly been a change had taken place both in master hugh and in his once pious and affectionate wife the influence of brandy and bad company on him and the influence of slavery and social isolation upon her had wrought disastrously upon the characters of both thomas was no longer little tommy but was a big boy and had learned to assume the airs of his class toward me my condition therefore in the house of master hugh was not by any means so comfortable as in former years my attachments were now outside of our family they were felt to those to whom i imparted instruction and to those little white boys from whom i received instruction there too was my dear old father the pious lawson who was in christian graces the very counterpart of uncle tom 
the resemblance is so perfect that he might have been the original of mrs stowe's christian hero the thought of leaving these dear friends greatly troubled me for i was going without the hope of ever returning to baltimore again the feud between master hugh and his brother being bitter and irreconcilable or at least supposed to be so in addition to thoughts of friends from whom i was parting as i supposed for ever i had the grief of neglected chances of escape to brood over i had put off running away until now i was to be placed where the opportunities for escaping were much fewer than in a large city like baltimore on my way from baltimore to st michael's down the chesapeake bay our sloop the amanda was passed by the steamers plying between that city and philadelphia and i watched the course of those steamers and while going to st michael's i formed a plan to escape from slavery of which plan and matters connected therewith the kind reader shall learn more hereafter End of chapter thirteen